Welcome to the School Leaders Podcast. My name is Dr. Gastrit Harrigan, the podcast for current and emerging school leaders, those who support and supervise them. You will hear from passionate educational leaders who are transforming their schools, communities, and creating positive outcomes for students. I will also share my personal reflections and tips from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and leadership practices. Today, I have one of my uh, mentors on, uh, I like to say the great uh, Dr. William Valmere, longtime friend, over 25 years and mentor. Uh, so I'm honored to uh, have you uh, on the podcast. Uh, so to get started, just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Dr. Harrigan. It is an honor to be with you this evening. Um, as uh, you mentioned, uh, I am uh, an educator, a mentor, I am a leader, a transformational leader. Um, I am the CEO of Transformational Leadership, uh, which is a consulting firm that is aiming to empower, train, coach, and mentor leaders in every sphere of influence. And so um, I have over 25 years of teaching and ministry experience. Um, I am a father, a friend, a coach. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with your audience this evening. Absolutely. Um, you, you said a whole lot um, about your leadership. You, you are definitely a, uh, a coach, a leader. Just tell us a little bit before we even get deep into tonight. Uh, what are some of the uh, in coaching leaders in the past uh, couple of years, especially coming out of the pandemic? What are some of the lessons you learned and, and how have you coached leaders to really make shifts and, and deal with the challenges that we are facing today? Absolutely. I mean, the, the pandemic presented us uh, with two options. One, we either can um, just uh, <laughs> uh, try to maintain uh, the status quo or we are willing to make innovative decisions um, to try new ways of doing things. And so it's so important for leaders to find ways to get out of the comfort zone. You can either settle or reinvent yourself. And so that's the challenge that many are facing today. Are they willing to do the same old things and expect the same result? Or are they willing to reinvent themselves and uh, find principles and uh, applications that will uh, propel them to uh, reach a level of success and effectiveness? Thank you for that. Uh, one of the things I pick up, you says we, we could either uh, remain the same or make uh, some shifts to improve. How do you think school leaders should, coming out of the pandemic, shift to really meet students' needs? Well, we, got, we have to ask questions. We have to really, transformational leaders will often discover that asking questions allows them to delve deeper and to gain clarity because we have to be clear because if we don't have a clear vision of where we are heading, that's simply because we don't know where we are and what is required for success uh, to happen, to scale. So the power of the leader really resides in the leader being willing to say and ask questions. Say what you don't, state what you don't know and ask questions. 
That's important because as a school leader, often uh, I learn most by asking questions, uh, gleaning, asking, um, you know, questions, why certain things doesn't work, why our data scores, or I know you're an educator also, uh, why our math scores, reading score, or, or flatline th these past several years, why is it that uh, we are having issues at different spots in the school? So asking questions definitely will lead us to finding solutions and um, to solve whatever the problems that we are facing. You have written several books. Um, I think I've, I've, I've read, uh, if not most, if not all, most of them. Um, your latest book, The Vanguard Leader, uh, Great Leaders Lead from the Front. Uh, just share with us the main points or message, uh, if you can summarize that, of that book and what led you to, to write this book. Well, you know, a lot of times we talk about leadership as if leadership is a position, as if leadership is a title. Leadership is a moving target. Leadership, it means that leaders are always moving uh, forward, taking strides toward the next level. And so I praise and coin the vanguard leader because a vanguard is often described as someone in the front, in the forefront of a movement, an action. In the context of the military, this is often talked about whereby the troops moving at the head of an army. And if we are going to move our organizations, our institutions, our organisms, we have to be at the front, in the front line. And people have to be willing to follow a leader who is moving. And a leader who is not moving is a parked car. So you don't follow a parked car. And so the Vanguard leader, the term, it, the fact that we are the foremost in the front, leading the way in new developments or new ideas. Mm, wow. And, and so in the book, I talked about four. Uh, there are four parts to the book. The search for the Vanguard leader, uh, the idea that leadership is leading up, leading upward. Leadership is leading down. That means that you have people that are over you, so you lead up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then you have people who are under you, you are leading down, and you must lead all around. So discover who you are. That's the search of the Vanguard leader, for the Vanguard leader. Secondly, you have to lead up. Challenge yourself to lead in such a way that you add value to those who are leading you, who are your supervisors, your mentors, your uh, people that you look up to, how can you add value to them? You lead down means that you're making strategic investments on the people who are under you. And then lastly, you are leading all around. Thank so you for that. Those are the four ideas. You're welcome. Thank you. So those, those are the four ideas. So, you know, most of our listeners are either emerging leaders or, uh, new or um, have a couple of years into their school leadership. Uh, so often uh, as either assistant principals or principals, we, we are leading uh, a department, a school. Uh, as a Vanguard leader, share with us what are some of the best traits that you've discovered through your research to leading downward um, to uh, impact your school, the staff, and the students? I mean, uh, there's nothing more important than building relationships, right? And so when we talk about leadership, it's not positional. It's not title-driven. 
it's the leader building relationship with followers to influence the followers, to influence the organization, to make sure that people have a rapport. Not only do they have a rapport with the leader, but they understand the vision. They understand where the leader is going. You know, I like to put it this way, that every person in society is looking for a transformational leader. And, you know, everyone is looking for that person who will have, have an impact, an influence in their lives. And we all have experienced the power of leadership. Leadership has the potential to make or break others. And so when we think of an educational institution, the leader of that institution is the captain of the ship. You are the commander of the army, the general of the army, and you command the direction of your organization. I hope that that this helped. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, you are the captain of your ship, so you are leading as, as school leaders, uh, regardless of uh, if you're an assistant principal or principal, you are the captain and you are leading. And and that becomes very important. And you you, you said earlier, relationship matters. And, and, and I want to impress on that, that because everything I believe, um, at least in, in the school system, le leader uh, relationship really drives um, and build trust um, and, and trust in having your staff, your leadership team uh, trusting you and, and, and buy into the vision, create, um, uh, propels the organization in the vision forward. So you, you already talked about uh, the importance of, of being a Vanguard leader, but talk to us a little bit, if we could take a step back and why does leadership in general matters? Well, leadership matters in, at every level. Leadership matters everywhere. Leadership matters in every season. And so I like to put it this way because I'm convinced that leadership matters in four key areas of a person's life. In his or her life, it matters in their personal life. And of course, that affects their relationship. It matters in their moral life, how they relate to people and the actions that they take. And that sometimes, and most of the times, have some kind of uh, spiritual foundation to it. It matters when it comes to their profession, their professional life. And then it matters in other areas that may not be cited. So leadership matters in your relationship, in your personal life, in your moral life, and in your professional life. And in order for people to act accordingly, people will only act in congruence with their personal values or what they deemed to be important. So as a leader, there are some key values that I carry with me uh, through my leadership. There are key values that I uh, really personify, that I embody, that I demonstrate and model. And so as a leader, whatever I do matters, really, because I am an example, whether I like it or not. That is so true. Uh, whether, whether you like it or not, as a assistant principal, as a principal, you are the leader and uh, your behaviors and, and your actions and your values speaks um, often, I would say, louder than, uh, than words. Uh, as we were saying earlier, you know, these past two to maybe three years uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, the polarization of our schools and that inflation has been some of the most difficult, uh, challenging times for school leaders. 
in your opinion and based on your research, how can leaders, in particular school leaders and principals, lead from the front coming out of this pandemic? Habits. Habits, habits, habits. What are some of the things that someone can see consistently as far as it's one thing to say something, it's another to demonstrate it and live it out. Uh, you know, one of the uh, best book that I ever read is the Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it talks about the subtitle, the subtitle state the following, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So what leaders oftentimes, they don't discover their weaknesses. They don't discover their, uh, they often try to operate in their strength and neglect their weaknesses. So one of the best ways to help people post-pandemic is to not only know your weaknesses and know your strength and leverage them consistently, leverage them consistently because tiny changes, as James Clear stated in the book, will create and develop and will result in remarkable things and achievement. It might not be a major change at your school or location. It might be a tiny change that brings the morale, changes culture, and help people to become more productive. And you build your team and make a team stronger, your team stronger. And so habits are some of the things that we need to really pay attention to as leaders. If we're going to do well, not only should we have a strategic plan, not only should we have a vision, not only do we have to be missional, but we have to create habits, healthy habits. Wow. You, you said a lot uh, there. Uh, habits, culture, small changes can have a huge impact. And in fact, you, I want to unpack that a little bit because uh, I often say uh, that culture eats strategies for breakfast. So the culture of your school, the culture of your department, or even the culture in your classroom, if you're an emerging leader, ha will have a significant impact on your teaching strategies. So talk to us in terms of, yes, the, the leader need to identify his or her habits as a school leader or emerging leader. And um, as it relates to culture, make the minor changes that they need to shift. Yes. So how does a leader go about identifying and working on those few minute changes or small changes around culture that can impact uh, their, their school or department. Yeah, I mean, there's also a need to define the values, right, of the, uh, the school, the, uh, the team, the values of the organization, the institution, because the values will define and promote well-being and it will also, the values, they will also prevent harm from happening because they are guidelines. Values are guidelines for our success because our paradigm about what is acceptable in your organization. Remember, we're talking values, cultures, vision, mission, and change. Change doesn't happen, it takes time. And so as we demonstrate or allow the followers, people in the organization to discover the values and learn the values, we can actually change their attitude <laughs> and we can change their 
way of doing things. That that's key. Um, values uh, is critical. Knowing your values and and communicating those values uh, becomes very important. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, I tell leaders that we also must learn to model those values. Because oftentimes we, we want certain things, to, we want a certain culture, we want a certain, um, we've, we value something, but we, we don't model it. We don't, um, mm-hmm. uh, we do not um, uh, uh, showcase it. So that way people have uh, a point of reference right. um, to go by. Um, so I think it, it's very important that leaders model the behaviors, model the uh, actions, the values that they see. I also think it's also important that leaders um, really share, communicate the the values that they hold. Um, and, and, and I think it's also important that uh, one of the things I've done in my school is is really um, as a as a, a as a department or as a school, as a staff, have us define, talk about uh, our values. So that way, as a school, we could develop core values that we all buy into and, and, and invest in. Um, so you also in your book, uh, which really caught my attention. Um, you, you, you have a huge, uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, a whole chapter on developing a, a, a strong personal growth plan. What is a personal growth plan and how can it benefit a school leader? Yeah, I mean, a uh, personal growth plan is, um, a strategic plan that includes your personal growth and your professional growth. And by that, this is a plan to challenge you to grow. And, um, you know, you, you really have to uh, have specific areas that you want to grow in. One of them is your character. Your personal growth plan must include character growth. The other uh, is how do you leverage your weaknesses? Uh, in other words, a lot of people don't take the time to realize what their weaknesses are and how can they grow in that area of weakness if you don't know what it is. And um, obviously, what you do want, you want your personal growth plan to be something that you have others to hold you accountable. So you must have an opportunity to share that with a mentor or several mentors, uh, supervisors, people that... um, it's not just something that you have for evaluations, but it's something that you have for your personal and professional growth. See, if you're only growing professionally and you're not growing as a person, your relationship will be affected. Your uh, relationship with colleagues, your relationship with family, your relationship with friends. Because you're only growing in your professional setting, the competencies required for your job. But as a person, you're not growing. So that's what a personal growth plan will do for you to include both. Uh, It might be one that has short-term goals as well as long-term goals. Through two years from now, this is what I hope to have. There are a number of books that I may have to read. Uh, There may be uh, training, professional development training that I may have to go to. There may be uh, 
the need to get counsel and advice consistently. Uh, you may have a list of people that you've shared your goal with. They will hold you accountable. And then you do the same for long term, 5, 10, 15 years down the line. And you're consistently updating that personal growth plan because you don't want to reach to a point where you have reached a plateau. I'm saying a lot in one question that you asked. Uh, it, it's, it must be something that is continually evolving as you discover more about your abilities and challenging yourself to maximize your abilities so, uh, so that you can increase your capacity. Wow. You just said it a lot. Um, and, and you, you are correct. One of the things I want to pull out is you talked about mentors. Um, and I know I have different mentors. Why do you think school leaders need mentors? We don't know everything and uh, where we are heading. We need somebody who's already been there or knows how to get you there. Uh, the idea of a GPS, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the GPS is giving you a direction to a place you've never been. And so as leaders, we have aspirations and most of them are things that we haven't done. And so we need mentors who can not only uh, pour into you, transfer uh, their experience, give you practical advice based on their experience, but also they can help you craft ideas drive so to to really hone your skills they can see further than you can see they can uh direct your your steps really to help you so that you don't make the uh, mistakes that they make you can avoid certain failures even though failures are not a bad thing failures are not a bad thing because you can only become better if you learn from your failures right you're right. Uh, failures, we, leaders shouldn't fear uh, failing. In fact, I think uh, John Maxwell, one of your mentors, talked about uh, failing forward. Uh, and, and, and that is true. As leaders, we should embrace growth and we should embrace uh, learning and trying different things. And having a mentor can really, um, we can leverage a mentor's um, experience, wisdom and insight to really propel our own growth and our own leadership um, to really um, lead our schools to the next level to reach uh, ultimately student achievement. Because at, at the end of the day, it is all about the kids. Uh, yeah. Earlier, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, go ahead. I often call that relational or relationship currency. Okay, so you that your ability to commit to mentorship is the currency that helps you achieve success and growth. So that's why in, in my book, I, I talked about failure, right? And mm -hmm. I said, all failures provide teachable moments. And then I said, some failures are unavoidable because it's part of the journey. And lastly, I said, many failures are avoidable. And a mentor help you navigate in your journey, help you deal with failure with the right attitude, the right perspective, and understand what it takes to grow to the level, the next level you want to get into. Wow. 
I agree with you because I, I, uh, where I'm at today is because of the mentors, mentors like yourself and mentors uh, and various other mentors that have helped me grow or helped me see blind spots, areas that I need to grow or scale in to really be more effective. And um, often leaders, we think we see everything, but we do not see our own blind spots. And, and having a mentor can, can significantly reduce or improve um, the way we lead and, and help us to really, at the end of the day, uh, improve student achievement and improve in our own leadership practices. Earlier, you, were, you, you alluded to um, that a leader is important to, to manage up. I think in the book, you call it uh, upscale um, leadership. Talk to us about how, as a school leader, we should upscale our leadership. Absolutely. I mean, um, upscale leadership is very important for several reasons, right? Leading upward, that's the uh, other term that is used to explain upscale leadership. It is influencing your boss or another person of power to get a mutually beneficial result. What does that mean? A lot of people are self-centered. They want to succeed, but yet they don't want others to succeed. So when you lead upward, upscale leadership is taking a walk in your boss's uh, shoes, your boss's shoes. Learn from them. Build the relationship that really going to help you elevate your gains, your skills, your hone your skill. And even if uh, it was Dana, who was Manier, who put it this way, even if your boss has some serious shortcomings, it's in your best interest. And it's your responsibility to make the relationship work. It's your responsibility to help your boss succeed. And then ask yourself certain questions. What's in it for your boss, not for you? What's in it for him or for her? Because you ultimately want to add value to them. And in upscale leadership, you have to be good at what you do. Can they depend on you? Can they trust you for more assignments? And then when, when you are given an assignment, be clear on the expectations. Ask questions. Because at the root of every interpersonal conflict are unmet expectations. And then lastly, in the book, I talked about the idea that you need to plan to have the conversation. <laughs> the conversation. What does that mean? The conversation that will require for accountability, for you to be more accountable to the leader. The, the conversation that will require that you ask certain pertinent questions about, you know, how can you get better? The pertinent that that conversation that will require that you are vulnerable and transparent and open to criticism, um, and so upscale leadership is really honing and nurturing your relationship with those that are above you. That's very important to that every school leader upscale their leadership. So that 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 means uh, to all the school leaders that are listening. That means building and fostering relationship with your director or whatever the, the name that your district call it, but whoever you report to. So if you're an emerging leader, you're in the classroom working with your assistant principal and your principal uh, and getting constructive feedback to improve your practices. 
whether you are an assistant principal aiming to be a principal working with your current principal, good, bad, or indifferent, to glean from them. Sometimes the less, some of the best lessons you can learn is also things you learn not to do, but ultimately working with your leader to uh, receive feedback to improve. Because as you indicated, constructive feedback um, is very important if you are going to upscale your leadership and move um, to the next level. And I think that's very important that often uh, leaders uh, uh, do not take the time to really get the right feedback, get the right input, and and make the adjustments uh, to improve and become better uh, in their leadership and their practices. I remember, uh, Dr. Valmir, uh, one of the invaluable experiences I, I received as an assistant principal was uh, my principal not only gave me feedback, but took a day or several days, but uh, one in one of those days, uh, had me move from my office to her office. And I was the principal for that day. In other words, I got uh, all the phone calls, whether it was from the area office, uh, from teachers and all the issues that day, I was the principal. And, and I could tell you, allowing me not only receiving the feedback, but modeling and allowing me to sit and walk for a day or two. And it was over several days, uh, different time throughout the year, allow me to see things from her lens, uh, from her purview. And later on, when I become principal, uh, help me to really know how to deal and address certain challenges and issues. So I think what you're saying about getting uh, ongoing feedback from your boss, from your leader is very important. Why do you think people often, uh, Dr. Valmir, shy away from reaching out to their boss, to their supervisor, uh, to get a, a feedback for growth? Well, you know, this, and for some, uh, it's uh, a lack of humility, uh, pride. For others, it's insecurity. And uh, for many others, it's just the fear of the unknown, not understanding that both parties will benefit from the experience. And for the most part, the greatest challenge is that some people have a fixed mindset. They think they've already arrived. And so they, they don't need any more you know, guidance. They don't need any more counsel. They don't need uh, input. And if in order for you to grow to the next level, you have to have a growth mindset. And you have to see the world in five distinct categories, as Carol Dweck once said. Carol Dweck. Uh, provided this perspective. You have to see the challenges. You have to clearly understand the obstacles. You have to know what e kind of effort is necessary. You have to be open to criticism and you have to learn from the success of others. And so people don't do that. They don't approach their boss. They don't approach their AP. They don't approach their principal, their director or uh, in their area, the area director for their schools, because they have a fixed mindset. They don't have a level of humility. They have pride. They are people who are afraid of criticism. And um, if you have a fixed mindset, you cannot have a growth mindset at the same time. You are spot on, because if, if you have a fixed mindset, you can't grow at the, at the same time. Uh, and so getting feedback is very important. Uh, if if we could if you could also help us understand 
um, we all understand the importance of getting feedback and growing. How uh, also there is the other extreme end, right? As a school leader, uh, where you're getting extreme um, criticism, maybe from the community of a certain parent group. How should a school leader, principal, especially in the polarization we are in right now, manage uh, some of the negative feedback, criticism that they may be getting from their um, um, community or parent group? How should they manage those criticisms? Well, you know, communication is everything, right? And if I'm not co communicating the reality, if I'm not communicating what is happening, where we are going, what we are doing to get there, uh, those criticism will not have the kind of effect that they should have. Now, some, sometimes the, the criticism is, is positive, most time it's negative. So what role will this criticism play? If it is a negative criticism that is uh, speaking the truth, now you have to do the work, right? To make the changes and to get the kind of buy-in that you need uh, in order for the community to come alongside and embrace the effort that you are making. And of course, the, you don't live as a leader based on the criticism that you receive. You don't do leadership based on criticism. And so it's important to uh, heighten your level of leadership awareness and equip yourself with what you need and then look at the criticism, the cons and the pros, the, the positive as well as the negative. All of these transform a leader. It's not only positive criticism that transform a leader. Negative criticism has a role to play as well. Sometimes it's speaking the truth about an area that the leader needs to improve. And so your mindset is very important. When you receive criticism, I read a book uh, about six months ago, um, and it's, it's written by uh, Craig Groeschel. And uh, the book really talks about the, uh, the, the idea, the mindset of leaders. And it talks about winning the war in your mind. That's the title of the book. And uh, the subtitle is change your thinking, change your life. And in that context, you will say as the leader's life is being changed, his professional um, competencies will be affected, right? So one of the quotes that he stated in the book is this, one of the lines that I've, I will always remember forever. Remember, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if, I, if I'm being led by negative criticism, that will be uh, reflected in my leadership and it will permeate throughout my organization. But if I am moving in the direction of positive thoughts, constructive thoughts, things that not only will transform me, but will transform my organization. Uh, I must welcome um, criticism and I must analyze the criticism to see where people are coming from. Are they speaking truth? Are they speaking things that are not so? And ultimately, I will need to communicate where we are, where we, we are going and uh, have a strong, viable vision. Thank you for that. Uh, you, you are, you're spot on. And you also alluded to the book of uh, Craig Rochelle. I, I also um, shout out to him. And I also love uh, some of his books and some of the work he does. 
mentoring and, and coaching leaders. You, you are spot on that as school leaders, as principals, we, we need to learn to manage the criticism and, and learn how to deal with it. Don't take it personal. Uh, learn from it. If it's truthful, evaluate it, evaluate it and grow from it. But ultimately, being a leader, you are going to face criticism. So that's that's something that all leaders, especially school leaders, need to be able to manage and manage well. So there's a lot more we we, we could do. And definitely, you got to come back uh, on the show and on this podcast to share a little bit more. Uh, as we as we end this interview, um, share with us your one of your favorite book uh, or quote and why. Well, my uh, there are two of two two of my favorite um quotes uh, from by my mentor, John C. Maxwell, Dr. John C. Maxwell, everything rises and falls on leadership. That's the first one. And one of his most uh, probably quoted, that's one of his most quoted uh, statements. But the second is likewise very important. It says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so as we seek to lead our organizations, we not only need to think about the influence that we are having, but also we need to think about the impact that we are having. And for that, I will leave you with two of my favorite books, Good to Great by Jim Collins and The Leadership Challenge by Kusas Thank you for Dr. Vamia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, Tell everyone, t- tell all, all the listeners how they can connect with you and how they can buy your book, The Vanguard Leader, How Great Leaders Lead from the Front. Well, thank you, Dr. Harrigan, for the invitation. You are a Vanguard leader. You are a transformational leader. And I have um, been uh, blessed to see your growth and how much you have been able to accomplish over the years and uh, the influence that you are having not only at your local school, but throughout Broward County and uh, throughout the United States and abroad. And I know that your influence will only increase through this broadcast, through this podcast. And um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and share a little bit of uh, my journey and my perspective. Well, people can find me on every social media platform on Instagram at Dr. Valmir. They can purchase my book at drvalmere.com, www.drvalmere.com, or the, vendor, the Vanguard Leader Book.com. The book is also available as an uh, audiobook on Audible. Uh, I know that leaders are very busy. They can order the book as a paperback on Kindle, an audiobook as well from Audible. Thank you, Dr. Harrigan. Thank you for blessings. coming on. Blessings upon blessings. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And I will certainly add the um, the links, uh, both to your social media and how they could get the book in the show notes. So click on the show notes to uh, get these links and connect with Dr. Valmi. Again, thank you, Dr. Valmi, for coming on. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your insight. Thank you for joining me today. Please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a five-star rating and a comment, share this episode with a friend and on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for leadership ideas and tips. Again, thank you for joining me today. Until next time.